Welcome to Business Brains and the Bottom Line Podcast. My name is Paul Delegro, your host today, and my guest today is George Finney, the CISO for Southern Methodist University. I had to spell that out for the non-Dallas residents here uh, in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, George. Howdy, y'all. It's an uh, honor to be here. Thank you. So, you know, before, obviously before I have guests on, I do a little research into them, and uh, I need a piece of paper to look at your, you know, read all your accomplishments. Yeah, so in addition to being a CISO at SMU, you're also a professor. You're an author, you're a consultant, you're also a podcaster, so you're in our community as well, and uh, you're a lawyer, which, you know, my first thought was, okay, what do you do in your free time, George? Because I don't know, um, you've got a pretty pretty busy schedule here, so. You know, I'm, I'm a renaissance pa- man. Uh, one, of, one of the things I do in my spare time, actually, is uh, I, 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 I spray paint pop art robots. Uh, so really? I, I've, I've got like a whole series. I'm up to like 10 now. Oh, wow. And yeah, you know, I, having that creative outlet, you know, my, my, my brain goes a little crazy with all the stuff I'm doing. So I just have to add more uh, to, to stay sane. Yeah. If that makes any it sense. It does make all. sense, actually. My my daughter, I think I mentioned my daughter, Gabriella, goes to SMU and she's a uh, going into her senior electrical engineering major. And she's an artist and a musician as well for that reason. It's just an outlet for her. She plays the piano and she's an artist. So just, again, you can't be so one dimensional that that's all you do, right? You know, I, I had this experience. So what they don't tell you in, in law school, uh, when, when you have to take the bar exam, uh, it's too late to quit law school. <laughs> um, but you, you, you have to stuff the, the same amount that you would have studied in a year of law school uh, into two months to prepare for the bar exam. Um, and man, I, I had this surreal out of body experience where I was so beat down from like working full time during the day, then trying to study at night, um, that, you know, my brain kept coming up with like new business ideas. Um, like I, I, I dreamt up the idea for, you know, I guess, you know, fusion restaurants were big at the time. Um, and I had this idea for a Cajun Mexican fusion uh, restaurant. And okay. I, wanted, I wanted to like, like I had, I had to fully come up with the whole menu before I could move on to, to, to start studying again. Like, and I, I called it refried jambalaya. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like crawfish enchiladas, like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. You need to defrag, right? You need to yeah. back away from something because I know sometimes if I'm trying to work through a problem, I'll just put it down and wake up the next day and go at, and something will come to my mind. Like you just need to kind of hit the, hit the reset button sometimes. Totally. Cool. Well, George, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today, you are an author and you wrote a book called Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. I'm not going to lie to you. When I first picked up the book, I'm like, okay, this is going to be another book about you need a firewall and you need email security and you need DPL. And I figured it'd be another boring cybersecurity book, but it really wasn't. And what impressed me the most is you really focus on the, the psychology of cybersecurity and how to get employees at a company to really buy into the to the whole process and make them feel part of the process versus this wasn't a book about nuts and bolts mm. right it was more the psychology of the whole cybersecurity can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit so yeah i wanted to write a book i was really inspired by by folks like malcolm gladwell who you know take these crazy you know complicated subjects and 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 make them simple, uh, but they also tell stories along the way that are engaging and and kind of keep you on the edge of your seat. Sure. Um, and you know I also you know shamelessly wanted to steal like Stephen Covey's idea of the seven habits of highly effective people. Right. Um, and and so I you know I had this concept of 
uh, I think there are nine cybersecurity habits. Uh, but I didn't want to, you know, just have write a book about, you know, George's experience, which, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, lots of folks out there have written cybersecurity memoirs, uh, uh, you know, about, you know, all of their sure. exploits. And that's Th- cool. Yeah, there's a million of them out there, as you know. But, you know, so what I did is I actually, you know, I isolated the, the habits uh, and then kind of also like Covey, I, I told the, the stories of successful leaders, not just in cybersecurity, but all, all, all across the board to, to, to talk about how they made a difference uh, in keeping their companies secure. Because, you know, we, we, we do a bad job. We play the cards a little close to our vest in security. Yep. We don't like to tell the stories. Um, I interviewed a, a, a ton of folks for the for the book that just couldn't go on record right sure. they were they were protected by NDAs or yeah. they had to run their stories through their PR departments and their PR you know rightly so they didn't want to paint a, a target on their backs right. uh, no pun intended for the uh, for for target itself but um yeah it, it, so it just worked out where you know i got to tell the stories of of cool people like the CEO of the girl scouts uh, who started their cybersecurity merit badge program, but but that was such a great example of the habit of literacy right. uh, and how to how to teach security in in a way that that doesn't use fear and and, and scariness because people shut down and and you've got you've got to kind of open that up and and inspire people instead. Um, so so yeah, just just such a such a fun you know project to, to work on. Uh, you know, it took three years. But, I was yeah. I was going to say, you obviously, re- having read the book, you did a lot of research. You had a lot of interviews. This wasn't like just you sitting down and re- taking some notes. I mean, there's a lot of detail in this book that I really appreciate. So you, you do have nine habits. But the one thing I want to touch on, and I think this, you know, any one of us in technology sales kind of knows this anyway, but humans are the biggest threat vector, correct? Like gaining access into your environment is usually done by like a spoofing or phishing. Kind of talk about that a little bit and kind of educate – for the people in technology, they kind of know what it is, but for our non-technology folks out there, explain what that is. So, so first, I, w- I will say I'm, I'm glad you phrased it the way you did because it's a pet peeve of mine to hear people say, you know, people are the weakest link. Yeah, um, it's like the TV show. You know, you are the weakest link. Yeah. Goodbye, right? You're fired. No, don't we? We yeah, exactly. And and you know, we we have this mindset of yeah, if you click on a phishing link, you should be fired and walked out the door. Yeah. Um, and, and I I think there's a whole separate model out there, right? And and first. You know, humans are the weakest link is, is, you know, factually incorrect. Um, we, we are the biggest attack surface, sure. certainly. Um, but that, 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 you know, leaves people in a, in a vacuum, right? So, you know, in security, we, we talk about people, processes, and technology. Those yes. are the three aspects of, of, of security. Uh, but we talk, we, you know, when we, when we make a list of three things, you, you kind of make the assumption that that's like three equal slices of a pie. Yeah. Um, and, and actually people are the ones that, that create the technology. They're the ones that configure the technology and use it. Uh, people are the ones that create the processes and follow the processes. So really like it, it's, it's a people pie, um, right. with, with those other things sprinkled in. Um, but but really right you so you get back to people we're we're a hundred percent a part of the the, the, the process um, so it's not surprising you know when, when you hear the statistic uh, you know human error accounts for you know ninety eight percent of of all data breaches well actually probably it's more like a hundred percent right because people are are involved in every aspect and I, and the only way we're going to improve is if we focus on people and and find a way to inspire them to 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 do and work differently. Yeah, you had actually talked a lot about that in the book about how to make it an inclusive process where people aren't intimidated and you're not shaming people. I mean, you know, I know enough about technology, you know, 
I tell my family members, for anyone who listen, never click on a link in an email. If you get an email from your bank, go to the website because it can look identical to your bank, maybe one little character separate from that. And that's normal. You know, you're working during the day, you're a student at SMU, and it's only, you know, you can't be on guard all the time. But you, I think you, you said you had a process where you make it inclusive, try to educate the folks without having it be some boring, you know, Lunch and learn, not lunch and learn, but some requirement from the students. Talk about that a little bit. So, you know, I had this experience a few years ago, uh, and and I've got I think really good relationships with 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 the folks I work with. Um, but uh, you know, one, one particular individual, she she's she's kind of a a, a firecracker, right? Um, and you know, no, it doesn't take you know stuff from anybody. Um, so there was an issue in her area. I had to call her up and 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 get her help to, to fix it. Um, but she, she, you know, kind of circled back around to me afterwards and said, George, like, you know, I was stressed out. Like, you know, yeah. I, I was kind of scared when, when just the tone of my voice changed and you know, that had an impact on, on how they react. And, and we worked through the issue. It wasn't, wasn't a huge deal. Um, uh, but, but I took away from that. Like, I've got to manage every aspect of, of how I connect with other people to make sure um, that they that they don't feel like you know they're, they're in trouble that they don't feel scared um, they have to feel confident that you know when George is in the room it's it, I think of myself like uh, Harvey Keitel in, in Reservoir Dogs right oh you know or you, you or, or Pulp Fiction you, you you brought in the wolf right right everybody's cool now okay, okay. like yeah. you know you're, you're we're good we we got George in the room um they they should feel good about that and and right. and, and know that the, the next steps are are, are going to be taken because. If, if the opposite is true, right? If they, if they don't feel comfortable with you in, in the room, um, they're going to work around you, right? They're going to find ways to solve their problems uh, or hide their problems, um, so that they don't get fixed. Uh, and, and you hear so many stories of, of people in, in my role, you know, pounding their fist yeah. on the table, you know, saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, that's got to change. Yeah. And I think it is changing. No, I, I can honestly tell you, I, some of our customers that I've been in meetings where, this, this subject has come up like, you know, John Doe has done this three or four times and they're talking about firing him. We're going to warn him if he does it again. In a, and I, I often thought like, here's a guy just doing his job. I mean, he, you know, he's not trying to do anything bad to the company, but someone sends him an email. He doesn't think about it. Boom. He clicks. You know, and, and I, I hear that over and over again. Like yeah. I call those people repeat offenders. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that, that's, that, that's, you know, kind of a derogatory term, but it, it doesn't take into account, you know, what their workload is like, yeah. what their culture, right? I, I've, I've heard of cases where, you know, their boss, you know, created a culture where you have to respond within five minutes mm. and, and close a ticket within a certain period of time. And that, that kind of culture, um, you know, forces people to, to, to act without thinking. Um, so, you know, I think you've got to look at the big picture and, 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 you know, take into account, Hey, you know, people are, you know, have, have, uh, you know, they, they, they're going to try and fit in. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we've got to look at those bigger issues, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, again, make it approachable. You know, there's this great story uh, at, at IBM, uh, where, you know, uh, you know, Tom Watson was, was, was in charge and some, some guy made a, a, a multi-million dollar error. Um, and, you know, the guy, you know, went into Watson's office fully expecting to be fired. Mm. Um, right. And, and that's, that's the position sure. we're in. And, you know, Watson's response. Oh my, oh my God. Why would I fire you? I, I just spent, you know, $10 million educating you. You're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and yeah. so, okay, cool. I, I think after 
you know, if somebody clicks on a phishing message or, um, you know, they're, they're involved in a, uh, you know, some sort of, dis, you know, incidental disclosure or breach, right? To go through that process, um, you know, certainly some people need to be held accountable, you know, especially for negligence. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say that you should never fire someone. Yeah, I know you're saying. Uh, sure. But, but oh my gosh, um, that's the best opportunity we have for, for helping people grow. Yeah. Um, and if and if you're letting those people go, then somebody else has taken advantage of, of their learning opportunity. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that's a uh, that's a wasted opportunity for yeah. organization. No, I agree. I know in the book you talked about what you do at SMU where you you don't want to peep. You don't want to let your people think you're spying on them and trying to trick them. But you do kind of give them a little forewarning that, hey, we're going to be running some fake fishing exercises here over the next few weeks just to see how, you know, so they feel like they're part of the process. Yeah. Right? So, so, you know, I mean, I, I will first say, you know, whenever I sit down in a meeting, particularly with, with, with faculty, I like to kind of jokingly introduce <laughs> myself as, hi, I'm big brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, just, just to get that on the table, right? Yeah. Cause you know, they're, you know, they're going to be saying that in the background. Oh, yeah. you know, I, you know, that, that George is a big, you know, he's watching everything we do. He's reading our email, whatever. Um, and actually I don't do that. Right. And, and we have processes in place and we, and we want to open the door to those conversations. We, sure. we don't want to close them down. So bringing it up, I, I think helps people. Um, but yeah, I, I've had this debate about simulated phishing for years. Um, and I, you know, I've professionally sent probably 25,000 simulated phishing messages. Um, and you know, what I've learned over that period of time, people hate it. People don't like feeling victimized. Um, but if you partner with them, right, you know, and, and part of that is, Hey, I'm going to give you a heads up. Uh, you know, a couple weeks in advance, right? You, you're on notice. You mean you, so, you know, you, you know, we can kind of say after the fact, well, you should have been watching. Well, and again, we don't want to make it, uh, uh, you know, well, you know, oh, you know, just CYA, you should have been doing it. But, uh, you know, we, we also have rules for how we write phishing emails, right? We don't want to make them too good because you could fool anybody. Right. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I could be fooled by, by a simulated phishing message or a real one. Um, so that's not the point. The point is to create learning opportunities, to, to create opportunities for growth. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh. I mean, and some awareness too, right? That. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I mean, we, we know that. I, I guess I worry that people are getting a false sense of security because we do a fairly good job of blocking the spam and phishing that gets to your mailbox and some will slip through. Um, and we know that we, we we're never going to get to like a zero percent click through rate. Um, but if we can create opportunities for, for like reporting uh, where people tell us when they see a phishing message, yeah. we can go back and, and help, you know, pull those phishing messages out of mailboxes. We can block yeah. the, those websites. Uh, so again, it's not just about uh, the awareness. It's about building a culture um, that, that protects one another. Yeah, no, you, you touched on a good point. If you, if you can get people to recognize one and then let you know, that's just not another website you can block. Exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. No, it's cool. So, um, so George, I know that you, uh, you developed a cybersecurity profile test, which I took, by the way, and I'm a believer, whatever category that, that means. So a couple things. Why did you develop the test and, and what does it actually tell us? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, one of the first questions that I always get about the nine habits is like, okay, that's, that's a lot of habits. Where, uh, where do I start? Where do I begin? Yeah. Um, and, and really what the test is, is designed to do is, is it helps you identify your top two strengths when it comes okay. to the nine habits. 
Um, and, and that's where I want you to start, right? And, and, you know, security is scary, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's super technical. Uh, the, the quiz itself isn't technical. Right. And, you know, it, what it's, what it's really helping you do is, is to build that identity around, oh my gosh, uh, you know, I can actually contribute to security. I have a role to play. And I think there, you know, there are no small roles, yeah. uh, when it comes to security. So, you know, for, for a believer, um, you, I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is the monkey song, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a believer. believer. Uh, right, right. But, but, you know, your, your top two strengths there are literacy, uh, and culture, right? And, and, and both of those things are so critical. Uh, for, for an organization to, to, to know what's out there, to know what you should be doing and to help kind of create that, that, that group, you know, uh, uh, feeling of, yeah, we all believe in this together. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm an explorer, uh, which means that I have high diligence and, and, and high, uh, uh vigilance. So both of those together, I mean, so it totally explains my personality. Yeah. And way. plus you are a CISO. So I would think you'd have to be diligent. In your role, right? It, you, you know, you you do, and I I think there are you know there's not necessarily one you know uh, profile or or, or persona yep. that that uh, you know CISOs will all fit into. I, I've I've seen lots of different ones have ha- have you know different personality types, but you know uh, you know once we get into the the you know I mean we're beta testing now for for the the, the assessment, uh, but once we get enough responses, I'd, I'd love to be able to say you know y- yeah the top three you know personality profiles for CISOs are. You know, explorers, believers, and you know, you know, sure. uh, detectives or whatever. Uh, same for CFOs or CEOs. Um, but but for me, you know, I, I mean, if it was interesting to take the the assessment because you know, I mean, I kind of know who I am. Uh, but but thinking back, like, wow, you know, I, you know, you can call me Curious George. Uh, but right, I wouldn't have written the books that that I've done or or you know, gone to law school and do these other things. Uh, if, if I weren't an explorer, right? I'm always out there looking for the next thing, looking for patterns, being interested in different things, right? And, you know, the, the, the earlier I would have known that about myself, yeah. the, the more I can direct my career. So I think it's really great for both, you know, general awareness to, to help folks feel like they can be a part of security and, and to know how to get started in, in building those habits. Um, at the same time, I think it's great for new people coming into security to help them find the right path and, and, and where they're going to, going to really thrive. Yeah. I, I, I mean, after I took the test and read your book, I think that, um, my thoughts have changed on, on security. I was kind of like the old school, just put some stuff in, hold people accountable. But I think including them as part of the process is really going to be crucial going forward. Absolutely. I mean, you, you gave the example earlier of, okay, you know, I, I always will call my bank or my credit card company back directly if I get the phone call for them or I'll, I'll always go to, to their website if I get an email or text. That's a habit. Right. Um, and, and, you know, okay, so how do you build those habits? You know, we know from psychology there's a habit loop, right? There's the, there's the prompt or the cue. Uh, that gets you to do the behavior. There's the behavior itself. And then there's some sort of reward on the back end that, that releases dopamine that tricks your brain into doing that, yep. that loop again. Um, and, and, and so if, if, you know, if you know, um, that your, you know, your strength is, you know, culture, uh, okay, cool. Let's, let's develop some habit recipes to get you kickstarted on, on, you know, focusing on that strength. And, and we, you know, I've, I've worked, I've had the privilege of working with a couple of, you know, executive coaches in my career and they, the, the best ones will help you focus on your strengths. 
because that's how you grow, right? That's how you, yep. you know, you build on your unique set of skills is, is to focus on those rather than like papering over your, your, your weaknesses. And oh, by the way, you're a part of a team. So if you can do the assessment for a whole team, right? You want to, you, you want to build a team that has the right strengths to, to do whatever it is you're, 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 you're working on, whether it's a project, whether you're in operations, whether you're in sales, um, and, 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 you know, protecting customer lists or, uh, you know, protecting customer data. You know, you, there are lots of ways to accomplish that. And I think all of us working together, um, there's no one right way to do security. So working together as a team, knowing what our strengths are when it comes to security. Oh, my gosh. I think that gets us so much further down the road. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, you've really kind of opened my eyes with this book to think a little differently. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to kind of recommend this book to my team. Just, Dude, uh, right on. Thank you. I think it uh, I think it's again, because I've been in so many of those meetings where everyone's pointing fingers. Right. And that never works. Right. The blame game never. I've always said the blame in people never works. You know, and I, I catch myself doing this still, even after writing the book. Right. Yeah. Oh, this, you know, so and so. Oh, they just don't like, quote unquote, get security. Yeah. And I find myself checking it and then like, wait a minute, like maybe they just have a different experience because I, I really believe everyone, every every human being natively understands security. I say this in the book that security is in your DNA, right? We've evolved as a species. Yeah, we put locks on our houses, lock yeah, our cars. And yeah, we, we all... I mean, the, the whole reason we come together you know, as, as a culture, as a civilization is for mutual protection. Yeah. Right. So everybody, want, this is why see something, say something works, right? We all want to contribute, but we have different ways of, of contributing. We have different strengths. Sure. And, you know, it's not that any one person doesn't get security, doesn't care about security. It's that they have a different, you know, perspective. They do, they've got a different life story yeah. uh, when it comes to that. And I think if we can connect with those stories, that's how we can all collaborate and work together most effectively. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So another thing I noticed is uh, you have your own well-aware uh, security company. If I say uh, Consulting company. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so well, what, tell me a little bit about that. What's going on with that? So, well aware security. You, you, you know, you you can go to the website. You can take the free assessment. Uh, you know, I I do keynote speeches across the country and and, and you know for different organizations. Um, so I can also come in and help do consulting, right? I I, I can do that uh, that team assessment we talked about. So sure. you know everyone can go you know look at their own uh, you know personality profiles and 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 kind of help kickstart that process. But when you want to collaborate together with a team, it's really impactful uh, to know where everyone's strengths are and to kind of help align those strengths around the projects you're working on, whatever whatever goals or outcomes you, you you've got for the year um we, we can start to to work with you to build those skills to to give you the habit recipes um that are going to be most impactful uh for whatever your journey is and and you know it, it's it's cool working in higher ed um higher ed is kind of set up to 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 let uh individuals you know have their own intellectual property rights um, so faculty can go teach at, at other universities if you know and take their courses with them um and and you know i've benefited from that uh you know because yeah that, that's you just teach the expectation. too you're exactly yeah um, professor so as well, right? I, I've taught the intro to, to cybersecurity course uh, a few times in, in our engineering school. And man, I, I, I just have I, – I, I think there's nothing more impactful you can do in your career uh, th than teaching others, right? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean the first time that a student came into my office and said, George, I'm, I'm going into cybersecurity as a, as a career because of your class. Like, oh, that's awesome. There's nothing I've ever done yeah. you know, as a CISO or as an engineer, uh, as a lawyer that, that's ever like – 
I mean, made that big wow. of an impact. You, have a, you had an impact on some. That must be exciting, though. You know, you're working, in, you're grinding every day as a CISO, and to go walk into the classroom once in a while must be refreshing. I would think it, it really is. And you know, I, I'm I'm so lucky. You know, I, I actually get to be on campus every day. So yeah. you know, in in most organizations, you you don't necessarily see your customers, yeah. the people you're you're working with or helping. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it's remote, it's Zoom, uh, you know, maybe you only have, you know, uh, you know, meetings with clients over, you know, dinner or happy hours occasionally. Yeah. Uh, for me, I get to walk out my door and see the students every day. And that, that's just magical. Yeah. Awesome. So for all the folks out there that are in your position or are having struggling with their uh, cybersecurity environment, what, what what advice would you give them kind of just as a first pass? I mean, what what steps would you, you know, recommend they take today? Uh, yeah, oh, my gosh. I mean, I mean, I know there's a million of them, but I mean, we see this a lot with our customers. They, they realize they have a deficiency and they really quite honestly don't know what to do. So, I, I mean, the first step that, that, I, that I would give anyone isn't isn't a technology step. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's you, you need to know what devices you have, what data you have, what software you have. Um, we, we, you know, and, and, and what potential, you know, risks could could, you know, be connected with those. Um, so, you know, we call that building an inventory uh, or, or building a risk register. Um, but you have to know where your data is in yeah. order to protect it. Um, and, and that takes some, some soul searching, right? You know, I have, you know, I kind of in, intuitively know, you know, where my quote unquote crown jewels are and, and, and we protect them. Um, but one of the things we forget is that, you know, I, I think people are the crown that makes up the crown jewels and, and we need to focus on those as, yeah. as, as, as a part of that as well. Um, so you need to know the people just like you would need to know your inventory of, of, of software and devices. And, and from there, you know, okay, cool. You can go do things like patching. You can get, you know, modern, you know, antivirus or what, all those other technical things. Uh, but if you're not starting with, with that, you know, inventory, um, you know, whatever protections you apply are probably going to be incomplete. Uh, if, if you're not applying them everywhere. Cool. Well, hey, George, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or go to your website, how would they do that? What Give us a little bit of information out you to help the folks out there. Yeah. So if you want to go and take the, the free personality test, um, it's uh, it's on my website, www.wellawaresecurity.com. Pretty straightforward. Um, so really easy there. Happy to connect with folks on, on LinkedIn. Just, you know, plop in a, a note that says you, you saw me on this podcast uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at WellAware Secure. Um, uh, you know, love love connecting with folks, talking to people. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, love love to reach out and and, and talk to you. Yeah, and your fellow podcaster too. So, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, the Well Aware Security Show. Okay, um, awesome. So we've got a nice uh, uh, jazzy jingle that, that kicks us off for every episode. I I found a an, an Argentine jazz singer. Uh, who uh, did 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 the song and uh, man, it, it's it's been a cool show. We've got lots of security guests, but you know we're going to be branching out to other non you know traditional security folks uh, to talk about their journeys with security, right? Because security impacts everyone, yep. um, and everyone's making a difference, right? So I, I want to be able to recognize CFOs or uh, you know sure. attorneys or uh, you know just regular end users that 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 you know have their interesting stories and and yeah, I want I want to help tell those stories so that we can again. You know, get rid of this idea that, that security is just for security people. Yeah. Um, you know, every, anyone can make a difference in security. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaway I got from the book is that it's not just the guy sitting in the room, you know, coming up with the security practices. It's everybody. Absolutely. Everyone's got to be part of it. So I, I learned something from your book. I really enjoyed it. Well, th- thank you so much. That that really means a lot. I know, you know, I'm, I'm the same way, right? You know, some books I'm kind of like – 
uh, skeptical about. And then when I read them, you know, th- they kind of blow my mind. And those are those are the favorite reads that, that, yeah. that I read. Yeah, definitely. It definitely I was surprised. So I enjoyed it. But, uh, well, um, any final words of wisdom for the folks out there is, uh, um, you know, security is in your DNA. Um, you know, security is a team sport. And, you know, we, we all have our roles to play. Awesome. Well, George, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And that's a wrap for uh, Business Brains in the Bottom Line. Until next time. 